Amen. Everybody say, uh, The Art of Receiving, Part 2. Last week we talked about the art of receiving, talked about receiving, and God has a planned release for the body of Christ. And that is to enable us to accomplish his assignments during these days that we're living in. I believe we are living in the last days. I believe there's some very interesting things happening, taking place. We need to be ready for it. We need to, um, we need to be able to do what he's called us to do. And so uh, he's, he will supply all of our needs. He equips us. He never calls us to do anything that he can't equip us to do or, or uh, provide what we need to accomplish that. And so he's got a release coming. I believe that. I think that there's certain, you know, God's always working in us individually, but there's times when there's a, there's a major release that comes to the body of Christ, and I'm excited about it. It's coming. There's a, a determined intersection also. God determines a particular intersection to line up with that. You know, if you knew that here, there's a release and uh, we're having, um, there's a free giveaway in the Walmart parking lot at uh, two o'clock this afternoon, and and so everybody would be there at two o'clock this afternoon to see what's up. Um, well, God has a with His release, with a planned release, He also determines the intersection of where you can you, you get that, you connect with that, and we need to know that. We need to be sensitive to that. We need to be aware of it. And so he's got a determined intersection for each of us where that uh, we can receive this release of what God is making available to us. You know, when there's a movie or something that's coming out, they say there's release, such and such movie is released or this is released. And what, is, what that is is when something is made available to the public and God's making some things available to the body of Christ and we need to be able to receive it. The question is, are you ready to receive? You know, uh, are you in a position to receive what God's making available to you? That's the big question. Are you in a position to receive? Um, you know, is, is there really an art to receiving? Or do you just kind of walk around and it slaps you in the head, you know, and you just kind of like one of those football receivers. They're just running along and all of a sudden, boom, you know, hits them in the back of the head. Well, um, it, they might have passed through the intersection but, and they got hit by it, but they didn't receive it. You know what I'm saying? They, they dropped it. I think there's many times it's what happens in the body of Christ is, you know, it's on its way. <laughs> that pass, that ball, it's on its way. And uh, sometimes we run into it, run by it or whatever, but it's more than that. It's, it's a matter of receiving it. So there's an art to receiving. You know, they used to say that if you couldn't, if you were... A, a receiver, a, a, like an, an end, well, if you weren't real good at it, you could be a defensive end, you know, so that you could knock them down. But, uh, you know, if you were really good, then you'd be an offensive receiver. Well, you know, we need to not be able to just get a hand on it and knock it down. We need to be able to receive what God's uh, sending to us and be able to apply it and a, achieve what he's got. You know, when you, if you believe, you receive, then you achieve. And that's what God, he wants us to achieve, his assignments, his purposes for us. And so the other question is, are you allowing things in your life that may be prohibiting your ability to receive? That's the big question. And that's where we want to get to today. As I share the word of God with you and share what the Lord has given, is we need to examine ourselves and see if there's anything that we are allowing in our lives that's prohibiting us and prohibiting your ability your spiritual ability, your natural ability to receive what this, this, this planned release that God has. So part two of the art of receiving. Let, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask today that you would give us a spirit of wisdom and understanding, help us to be alert, help us to be able to focus upon what you've uh, called us to, uh, what, this word that you prepared for us. Uh, that we could hear it, but we wouldn't be just hearers of the word, but we would be doers of the word. Father, help it to let us decide right now, let us choose right now to uh, purpose to, to uh, apply this word into our lives and that it would, be, it would accomplish your intended purpose for us to uh, be able to receive these things that you've planned. And also, Father, then that, uh, that we would be able to uh, be instruments in your hands to accomplish your work. Lord, we just thank you for it right now, and uh, we're purposing to be in that intersection to receive this release in Jesus' name. Amen. Last week, we talked really about some things about that we, uh, we are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. 
because we're kind of looking at our design, how God has designed us so that we see how we, how do we receive? And that's the, how do we receive from God anyway? How do we receive something from God? And we look to, to see that we are a spirit and really our, our spirit part of us connects, is what connects with God. That's that's the part of us that connects with God and connects with the spiritual realm. If God is a spirit, and, and Jesus said, he told the Samaritan woman, he said, God is spirit, and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Well, so we know that we connect with God through our spirit and through the Holy Spirit then working in us. And so our spirit part of our, uh, for, of our being is what we, how we connect with God and how we connect with the spiritual realm. So we receive by our spirit, but... You know, there's some things that can hinder us. How do we get our spirit into a position to receive? Our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. Our soul is what connects with our conscience, that conscious state of us. You know, some people, I think, walk around kind of drifting and dreaming. I don't know if they're in a conscious state or a subconscious state, whatever they are. But anyway, our soul is that part of our makeup where that uh, we connect with our spirit. And, you know, it's where we choose Faith is in the realm of the spirit. It's how we receive from God. We receive from God through our spirit, but by faith, you know. Uh, he that cometh to God must believe that he is, that God is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That's what faith is for. But there's something also believing, and sometimes we get believing and faith mixed up. Believing and faith are really close. To what I see, the, how they work is, is believing is really a part of our soul, that part of our soul that's right at that door. And there's, it's like the space shuttle when it connects with a, another a module somewhere in space, you know, and they lock together and then they turn whatever it is and they open the hatches and then they, they can enter in between things, uh, between those modules. Our soul has, we, that's where we decide, that's where we willfully make decisions to choose to do something. And, you know, everybody believes something. You don't have to be a Christian to believe something, right? I mean, we know that by ISIS and terrorists and everything else, all the different religions in the world. People make a conscious decision to believe something. That's done within their soul. So our soul needs to be in a position to be lined up to choose to believe to receive what God has. To, and so we, cho we willfully choose to receive what God has for us. Sometimes people, they don't say, oh, I, don't want, I don't want that or this, or I don't want to pay the price, or we have to examine, is this what we really want to do? People talk about they want God to do this, they want God to do that, they want a mighty revival, but then they really don't want to pay the price. You know, they don't want to, you know, it's easy to say, but when it comes down to it, then you have to choose to be there. You know, you have to choose to pray every day. You have to choose to read the Word every day, right? So there's some things that we have to choose to do to get, our, get ourselves in a position to receive this release. Everybody following me? Say, it was going real good when we were talking about spiritual things, but now it's getting a little tough. It's where the rubber meets the road. That's what's... That's the deal with our soul. And um, so we talk some about that and, and the whole concept of how we are a spirit. We have a soul and we live in a body. Our body is what connects us with the, the physical realms. And we have our senses, our five senses. And, and uh, it's where we feel pain and everything like that, physical pain. Our soul is where we have emotions and we, we feel emotional pain and various things. So all that together makes us to be this person, this being that we are. And, uh, and so that we can be here on earth and that we can bring about God's purpose here on earth. And whatever we bind on earth or prohibit here on earth is bound or prohibited in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth or permit on earth shall be loosed or permitted in heaven. So we stand in a very pivotal point. We are God's agents of victory here upon the earth. We are who he's chosen to uh, release the good news, the gospel of, of, of saving grace to a, world, a lost and dying world. And it confounds the minds of the wise and it confuses spiritual beings, those things, those rulers in, in high places, and it confuses the devil how God could take some, some creature like us and work his mighty power through. And so, uh, but that's what's cool about it. And so God has determined to do that. And that we are the church, the body of Christ. And God shows his manifold wisdom. The Apostle Paul says in chapter 3 of Ephesians, verse 10, that the manifold wisdom of God is, is seen through us. And so th for that to happen, God has these scheduled major releases that, uh, that uh, he brings, I think, to the body. Now, he always has stuff available to us. You know, I mean, on a daily basis, we need, there's so many things that we need. And in John 15, 16, Jesus told the disciples, he said, you didn't choose me. I chose you. 
and uh, that you should go and bring forth fruit, fruit that would last. He said, I, I've ordained you. I've predetermined that you should go and bring forth fruit. So that's, everybody is, is in that category. We're to be producing something as a result of, our, of us being here. And it, then he, the next verse he says, and if you ask the Father anything in my name, he will give it you. And what's he talking about? You know, without taking that out of context and thinking that's, you know, a blank check, it, it ties into he, we didn't choose him, he chose us. So we don't choose him because we get a blank check and daddy God's rich and we can get, have whatever we want for our own selfish reasons. No, he chose us so that with his unlimited resources, he can equip us to accomplish his will here on earth. So if we need anything to do that job, he says, just ask and it'll be done. Tony Cummins was in the construction business for many years, and, and I know his sons, and you had many people working for you. And I'm sure, Tony, if they went out on the job and uh, say you had a major construction project out there, and all of a sudden you drove up and those guys were standing around, kind of like, a, and he's an he's a easygoing guy to a point. <laughs> and you might be saying, okay, guys, what's going on here? And they say, oh, man, we need fuel today. Okay. Did you bother to call anybody? Oh, no. We don't have any diesel for the, the dozer or something like that. Okay, I'll get it. Oh, well, we didn't know if you wanted to buy any today or not. Yeah, because <laughs> well, I'm paying you guys, you know, to be out here not to stand around and wonder what I'm going to do. I'm paying you to get this job done, right? Doesn't that make sense? Well, the same way, God's called us to do a job, and he didn't want to stand around wondering, well, I don't know if he wants to buy fuel today for this project or not. Well, yeah, he does. He wouldn't put you out there if he wasn't, you know, and he'll give you what you need to accomplish that job. And the problem is that we have too many people in the body of Christ standing around, you know, talking and shooting the breeze where we need to be focusing and, and working. Thank you, sir. That's what I needed right there. See, if you need anything, you just ask and it's given to you, right? Now then, we, I don't know if we have enough water for everybody, but I got, I got some. <laughs> anyway, so this, there is an art to receiving, and uh, you got to ask, then seek and knock. And that's some of the things that we talked about last week. Um, you know, the Lord told me when he, when he gave me this message that some people will hear this message, they'll believe it, they'll apply it, and they'll see great things come into their life, and others won't. And... Um, so that's the thing I want you to think about today. What type of person are you going to be? Are you going to hear this? Are you going to apply it and um, get yourself into a position to receive what God has for you? And, you know, I'm not trying to manipulate you. A lot of times there, I think there's messages like, you know, God's got all this good stuff, and we're thinking money, 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 money. Well, sometimes it is money. You know, it takes money to do things on this earth. But it's not all about money. I mean, uh, you know, it's about the mission, that God has given. So some of it is his money. Some of it is really is a new attitude. God, I need you to fix, help me fix my attitude. And he'll do that. He, he'll give you an attitude adjustment. Just ask him. <laughs> and so there's a lot of things. Uh, maybe it's, it's a vision. Maybe it's faith, you know, and uh, various things that we need for, to accomplish the task that's, a, that, that's ahead. So God told us at the first of this year that, that the, uh, the body of Christ grows and builds itself up in love. It, it, it increases in love as each part does its job, does its work. And so each one of us have a thing to do so that the body of Christ is built up. In other words, increased but encouraged um, and so that we can... When the lost develop the saved. And so God's got an assignment for the church. He's got an assignment for the body of Christ universally. And we're part of that. And so to accomplish those things, he's bringing in supplies. Okay? And uh, we have to choose to be in that position to get what we need to be able to accomplish what he needs us to do. Some people don't want to do what God wants to do. They want to do what they want to do. So they'll never be in a position to receive that because they won't receive. They want to receive what they want. And they'll, they view things differently. You know, you talk about prayer to some people, and it's not really important until they have a, a real serious need. Then it gets real important. 
So, you know, that's, that's that part of our conscience uh, realm, that of our soul, of where, what we, how we perceive certain things. And that's what makes up the conscience, is awareness and perception. You know, if we are aware to our surroundings, how, how aware are we to the surroundings? We need to uh, know the times that we're living in. We need to recognize the, the time frame that we're, that, that we're living in and what God's doing and what uh, the conditions are, what the prophetic conditions are. Uh, so we need to understand the times. That comes through part of our, our, our soul as our spirit begins to sense those things and then we then become aware of our surroundings and what is our perception? Is our perception of, oh, that's the way it always is, or is our perception, you know, this is changing, such and such scriptures being fulfilled. So in our, in our soul, it starts out there of our awareness of our surroundings, our perception of our surroundings. And those have to do with paradigms in our life and how, things, how we've developed experiences in our life, tragedies, uh, victories, all those things come together to form us, to make us who we are and how we perceive what's happening. You can talk to you know, 10 different people about what's happening. And somebody say, man, fishing's really lousy this week, you know, and talk to somebody else is like, man, there's supposed to be a flood coming this later tonight and tomorrow, 10 inches of rain's coming. Did y'all know that? You got to be aware of your surrounding. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there's just all different perceptions, you know, like what's going on. And so people, well, this campaign, you know, these, I don't know about these Democrats and these Republicans, you know, and all. So you get all these different awarenesses of, of the surroundings of who you talk to because of what they're more interested in. And so those things tell us that's, that happens through our, our soul. It, it, it really evidences our, our interests. They say that you can talk to a person within 20 minutes, you'll understand, you, you begin to understand what's really important to them. Somewhere, they begin to talk about what's important to them. Well, the Bible says, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So, that, I would say that's true. So, you know, you begin to understand perception, awareness, what's really important, what your interests are, what you're interested in, what you're not interested in. Various things like that. How many of you know that? You've talked to somebody and pretty soon you kind of begin to understand what their interests are. Like, okay, I don't want to talk to them about that. <laughs> sure don't want to bring that up. <laughs> you know, they've already stated. So um, that's, that's, that, that's how we're made up. That's who we are. And so we need to examine ourselves today. See who we are and see if we are in a position to receive what God's bringing to us. Now, in Mark chapter 13, let's look at this scripture as we kind of frame this together, bring this into a, uh, an area of where we begin to examine ourselves and, and to get a little handle on this. And you're saying, well, pastor, what's coming? You want me to tell you exactly what this is that's being received? I'm not going to tell you that because <laughs> it wouldn't do any good. You need, to, you need to make sure that you're in a position to receive it, first of all. And I can tell you exactly what's coming. It's exactly what we need for the days ahead that, that, that's going to happen, what God's got planned. And, you know, we don't know outcomes yet. But that's okay. I don't have to know the outcome of the election. I don't have to know the outcome of what the stock market's going to do. I don't have to know the outcome of all these things. I just have to know what God wants to do. And if I get lined up with that, then what will ha when I get to that intersection of that election or of the stock market or, or whatever or that health crisis, maybe in my life, when I get to that point, I'll be prepared and equipped already because I got it back here, okay? God equips us before we even get into a position of need. You believe that? Our problem is, is we're not looking for it most of the time, and we already get to that point of where we need it or we're confused. And he says he's not the author of confusion, right? So we really shouldn't be confused when those times, we might be perplexed, Paul said, you know, I'm hard-pressed, not crushed. He said, perplexed, but not in despair. So we can be perplexed about certain things, but we need to realize, well, wait a minute. I don't need to be all out of shape here. I don't need to be all frightened because whatever I need for this crisis at this point, it's available to me. God's already provided it for me, so I just need to draw up on that. So by faith, we draw up on it, and we keep marching on. That's how we ought to live our life. We, you know, God's not ever caught off guard, and we shouldn't necessarily be caught off guard. We might at first in the realm of our soul because, again, we're going to perceive certain things a certain way, and uh, we might not be aware of what all's going on, 
But if we've really received it and we're walking with the Lord, he will equip us and release to us here before we ever get down here. Okay, that's pretty good preaching right there. Think, think about it a little bit. Mark chapter 13, Jesus is telling his disciples some things. He said, now, uh, everybody turn to Mark chapter 13, verse 28. Now learn a lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that it is near, right at the door. I tell you the truth, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Verse 32. No one knows about that day or hour. That day being the coming, the, the end of the, of the world, so to speak. The coming of the Lord in his judgment upon the earth at the end of the tribulation. No one knows about that day or hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard, be alert. Now, God knows when it is. We don't. Not Jesus, he doesn't even know. We don't need to be worried about it because if the Father knows when it's going to happen, he can equip us with certain planned releases before we ever get there. We just need to be on guard and be alert. There's a lot to that word right there, be alert. Be alert. Being alert now will cause us to be alert when we get to that point of crisis or whatever. Jesus is referring to that day. He says, be on guard, be alert. You do not know when that time will come. Everybody say, amen, that's true. And we can apply it on a, maybe a, not such a, an uh, apocalyptic time, just even in our own lives. We don't really know exactly what's going to take place tomorrow. Now, many of you say, well, yeah, I'm going to go to work, and i got to do this, and i got to do that. You got, maybe you already got your, your agenda set, but you really don't know exactly what's going to happen, do you? I mean, I've had things planned, and all of a sudden, you know, something happened to the car, and I can't get there where I need to and get things done, what I need to get done, right? So we really don't know, but God does. So... He lets us in on, he, he will equip us before we get to that point. Be on guard, be alert. You do not know what time, uh, when that time will come. It's like a man going away. He leaves his house and puts his servants in charge. And this is a type of what Jesus did uh, when he came. He went away, but he's coming back again. But he put us in charge. We're his servants, so we're in charge. Each with his assigned task. Everybody say assigned task. Each one, of have, each one of us have an assigned task and tells the one at the door to keep watch, okay? Well, if, if for me, this church, if I'm the watchman at the door, the pastor, well, then I need to also watch. And so I've been watching and I'm trying to tell you what's up, okay? There's a release coming. Verse 35, therefore, keep watch because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back. That's true. Hey, we need to be ready. Jesus is coming. And we need to be ready when he comes back, Right? Okay, and we need to get as many people ready as possible when he comes back. So it says, um, therefore, keep watch because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back, whether in the evening or at midnight or when the rooster crows or at dawn, which there's a whole message right there, four different times of when he could come. I want to be out of here at the first, when he comes right at the first. I don't want to wait till later on, okay? So he says, whether in the evening or midnight or... Uh, when, the co when the rooster crows or at dawn, if he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. There's another big, there's a whole series in that. Verse 37, what I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. So this is part of us being alert. This is part of us watching. Uh, so a release is coming. We need to look at ourselves, examine ourselves, be on guard and be alert and get ourselves in a position to receive. So let me ask you this. Do you believe that we're called and given assignments of the Lord? We saw that up here. He said each person's given an assignment. Uh, let me just read a couple of examples of this. In Acts 22, verse 10, um, the apostle Paul, when he was called on that street called straight on his way to, uh, he, uh, when he was kind of struck down, and he asked the Lord, he says, what shall I do, Lord? And in verse 10, Jesus speaks to Paul, and he says, get up, the Lord said, and go to Damascus. There you will be told all, the th all that you have been assigned to do. And so Paul evidences that in his life, when it start started out 
and when he got saved and he was, uh, uh, became a, a believer in Christ, then he found out his assignment. And that throughout our lifetime, we continue to understand our assignment. And it, it dials in just a little bit more. In Corinthians chapter 7, verse 17, the Apostle Paul is expressing this to the Corinthians. And he says that there in verse 17 of chapter 7, Nevertheless, each one should retain the place in life that the Lord assigned to him and to which God has called him. We need to, you know, we get on this race course and, uh, you know, if, what he's talking about, you know, if you take the, the hands of the plow, you don't look back and see what else is going on or you don't look over, well, I think I'd rather do that. You, you get on, get on this thing, get your job and, and let's go for it. And, and uh, together, the whole body joined together, you know, is built up uh, as, as each member does his part, you know. We just, you just do you. <laughs> I mean, we need to be concerned as a team, but yet we, we need to make sure we're doing our part and not have somebody else having to do our part, right? Okay, so, uh, and then in Romans chapter 14, verse 12, the Apostle Paul says there, so then each of us will give an account of himself to God. Now, for this assignment that we've been given, one day when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ, where that's where believers stand, we don't, the great white throne judgment is for the wicked dead, the unbelievers, right? And that happens at the end of the thousand-year reign of Christ. But at the judgment seat of Christ where all believers have to come and give an account, that's what we're to do there, to give an account of what we did here on the earth. You know, did we just slough off or did we do our assignment? When we stand before him, we're going to give an account of every word that's spoken, every deed that's done in our life. And people say, Pastor, where do you get that? Well, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 12, verse 35, he says, the good man brings the good things out of the good stored up in him, and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. But I, that's within our soul, our perception and all those things. But verse 36, he says there in Matthew 12, but I tell you that men will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every careless word they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. There's a little promo for a series that's coming, The Courts of Heaven, that the Lord's putting together for me to preach. Acquitted, and he says, and by your words you will be condemned. So our words are very important. Be careful, little mouths what you speak. <laughs> you know, just be careful what you speak. God and this is what's so good about this. Now that you're sitting there going, oh my goodness, I don't know what to do. I'm afraid to say anything. I'm afraid to do anything. You know, if I don't do right, God's going to slap me down and I'm going to be judged for this. Oh no. <laughs> Aren't you glad that God is a God of grace? Praise God for his grace. And every release that comes is by God's grace. And it's covered in grace and it's saturated with his grace and so um, in fact Paul so often through he says by the grace of God given me I do such and such and such and such so thank God for his grace and how he deals with us because we are going to miss it amen Samson's story promo <laughs> he missed it <laughs> he didn't recognize his being set apart for God he didn't recognize the anointing of God really upon him he didn't value those things and he missed it but thank God that for second chances and thank God for opportunities to get it right. So we are going to miss it, but it's better if we don't miss it. You know, it's, it's better that we get it right the first time because we save ourselves and a lot of other people a lot of grief. And even the Holy Spirit's grieved. It says, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Why is he grieved when we miss it? When we don't listen the first time. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. You ever had oversee anybody? whether it's kids or employees or if there's any difference. You know, if you know, they don't listen the first time, so here we are, back at square one. You know, if you'd listened the first time, we wouldn't be in this mess that we're in now. And so here we are again. So we need to not be that person that's not listening. We need to listen so that we're in that position. In fact, Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, turn there, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 10, He starts this little section out in verse 10. He says, by the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as an expert builder and someone else is building on it. 
but each one should be careful how he builds. And so Paul was, there was a discussion about what Apollos was teaching and what Paul was teaching and who did this and who did that. And this. He says, look, you know, I laid a foundation as an expert builder, and now then somebody else comes and builds on that. And that's the way that it really ought to be in the body of Christ. He says, but each one should be careful how he builds on it. So you have a responsibility. There's a foundation that comes. When you hear this word today, you're going, it's going to help fill in your foundation for this receiving, this, uh, this release that God has. Now then, you've got to build on that. You have a responsibility now to build on that. Verse 11 there in 1 Corinthians 3, For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. Verse 12, If any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or, or straw, his work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. If what he has built survives, he will receive his reward. If it is burned up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved, but only as one escaping through the flames. Now what he's talking about here is not salvation of our souls. For by grace are you saved through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. We're not saved by our works, but we're saved by God's grace. We have a responsibility, though, after we're saved, then to do some things, and that's our works, and because of how we go about doing that out of our faithfulness, we will receive a reward for that. And the ladies are going to teach about crowns, and part of some of the crowns that we receive are because the rewards of our faithfulness and what we do. And a lot of it's because of God's faithfulness and what he does in our life. But So he's, Paul says here, if you, you build with, um, uh, on this foundation with gold, silver, and precious or costly stones, speaking of spiritual things, and things that endure judgment and the test of time, if you build with those things on this foundation, then it, when the fire comes, when you stand before the judgment seat of Christ, it's just going to be refined, and it's going to stand that test. You know, uh, judgment won't, won't get it. But if it's wood, hay, and stubble, or, or just straw, when judgment comes, those things are consumed. There's nothing left. Only as one who escaped through the flames. You know, what are you building in your life? Things for eternal value or just for that last this day? Or what, you know, what can I get? What is it, what's, what's in it for me? You know, and, uh, and that's all that we think about. That's all that's consuming our life. If you're completely driven by things of this world and what's going to give to you now, then when you stand before the Lord, if that's all you got, that's, gonna, that's wood, hay, and stubble. And it's just going to be consumed. God say, well, okay. Boy, yeah, you've built something, but it didn't stand for eternity. So that's what we need to examine ourselves. And I'm telling you, how we're building like that determines what position we're in to receive. Because if we're all caught up with what's in it for me and what I can do and what I'm giving all my attention to, again, I mean, you know, we're in this world. We've got jobs. We've got various things like that. We have families. We have loved ones we have to give our attention to. Absolutely. But if... if God's nowhere up here in those things, then there's some trouble. There's wood, hay, and stubble somewhere in that building program. And so we got to examine that. And so when a release comes by, we're not looking for the release of God. We're looking for the release of over here, what, you know, what's driving us. I'm just saying that we got to make sure that God's driving us first, and then all these things... You know, all these things he brings so it can add to us. He wants us to be blessed. He wants you to prosper. In fact, he wants us to prosper, as James says, and be in health even as your soul is prospering. Oh, wait a minute. That's that part of us that's our awareness and our perception, how we're perceiving things. Do we perceive it all for what's in it for me? Or do we perceive it as how can this be used for the kingdom of God? You, does that make sense now? So he wants us to prosper and be in health even as our soul is prospering getting along so we got to be careful it, when the release comes such as what's coming we won't be in a position to receive it because it's not there's nothing in it for me ah that's no big deal you know i want to hear about this because that's what's driving me that's what gets me up in the morning well good i mean i'm not trying to destroy all those things that ought to, you know, you ought to be excited about your job. You ought to be excited about your family. You ought to be excited about hobbies in your life. But they shouldn't be so out of whack that that's all that you're excited about. 
How can those things be used for the kingdom of God? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, that how it uh, pertains to the relation, my relationship with God, first and foremost, and all these things will be added to you. He would just add it to it, and it just makes that much more, a bigger blessing. Is anybody getting anything out of this today? When the release comes, when God releases something, we'll miss it. Because there wasn't anything in it for me that we thought. We didn't perceive it to be such. That's where our soul, what does it profit a man if he gained the whole world and lose his? Oh, is that, that's what that means? Yeah, he lost it because he lost it over here to himself, to all these things. You see? Are you putting this in the right perspective? Some people will process this, and they'll say, they'll go out and say, you know, uh, it's like the guy went and became a monk, you know, and took a vow of, of silence for 40 years. Well, okay, that's good, but couldn't witness to anybody, could he? <laughs> What's he doing? I mean, you know... Uh, I mean, that doesn't do any good. But, you know, if, if your hobby is fishing and you enjoy that, you know, and, hey, Eric and I go fishing, you know, we can be out there having fun, and you know what? All of a sudden, we might start talking about something about the Lord. Or if, if Eric's going through a, tr a difficult time, I might say, you know what, man, that happened to me. And, but you know what God did when that happened? Now, wait a minute. Didn't that put it in perspective? I can be riding my Harley and pull up and, and all of a sudden start talking to somebody and all of a sudden they might start talking about something that's going on in their life and we can relate it and pray right there and the kingdom of God is expanding in that particular way. So I'm not saying throw everything out the door. No, I'm just saying put it in the right perspective. Get your soul in order. Get your soul, the priorities of your soul and your choices because that's where we make decisions, where we willfully choose what we're going to do. Remember, your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. What makes you so sad you can't do anything? There's probably people that's not in church today because their baseball team lost or something. I don't know. And they just so down that they, you know, couldn't get to church today. I don't know what I'm going to do. Or, or their boat broke down. And so they're all discouraged and mad and, and having to go fix their boat. Okay, well, it's only a couple hours on Sunday. How about afternoon? God can prosper your time and give you wisdom and make the, the park work right. There's been times when I've gone out, I thought, man... You know, wait a minute, I need to back up. Lord, I think I got the wrong perspective here because everything I'm going to do is falling apart. So evidently, <laughs> I'm not in the right place here or something. Our Home Depot's getting a bad selection of all these things I'm trying to buy. I don't know what it is, but, you know, what's up? And back up, you know, and see if it's a setup for a comeback, you know, or if it's instead of being set back on it. That was a message a couple weeks ago. But you see how these things make a difference? And you say, well, what does that have to do with this release coming? I want to hear about what's in the release. Well, just know that it's from God, and we need to get in a position for that. Our spirit, our soul, and our body need to get lined up here and get in a position to receive. That's the important thing. Get ready to receive. And so we talked a lot about that, how to receive. Uh, so to receive anything from God, it's with our spirit, and really which comes from the decision that we've made through our soul. If we choose to believe that that's right. See, I, you, by faith, you can say, well, I believe what pastor's saying. I believe that's right. Or, I, 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 you know, your faith is telling you that. Now then, faith without works is dead. What's the works? The works is that part of where the soul, where you add your agreement to it, and then your believing is, it becomes a part of your, your soul where you're expecting. Now I'm expecting it to happen. And there's a difference in that. When you're expecting it, then you get ready. If I'm expecting it, I'm going to, you know, go to where it is and, okay, it's going to be here. <laughs> I'm watching for it. I'm ready for it. I'm going to ask, seek, and knock. I'm gonna, it's going to happen. So we've got to be ready, as Jesus was telling us on that one little parable there. We've got to be ready in the area of our spirit and also our soul to intercept this. And when our, uh, uh, again, we, we know that our spirit is what connects with, with God. But it's our soul that connects with the conscious, our awareness and our perception. And so we've got to get that right. And if that's not right, then we need to get rid of our stinking thinking. In Romans chapter 12, don't be not conformed to this world. 
but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's changing those paradigms. It's changing those perceptions of things by the renewing of your mind that you may test and approve the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Read it there in Romans chapter 12. That's how we prove God's will. It's through our perception of that and having our mind renewed and that not just have, that, as I call it, stinking thinking, but we, we want to have the mind of God on these particular things. So, receiving is an art form. It really is. We, gotta, we need to have a checkup from the neck up on these things to get in a position to, to really learn how to receive. Not that it's just going to happen. Well, yeah, you know, I'll get it if it's for me. If it's God's will, then it'll happen. If it's not, it won't. It's God's will, all right. But it's also then you've got to have your will set to make sure you're going to participate in it, right? You know that that's right? I mean, I can choose to miss God. I can choose to miss God. And I'll suffer for it because I'll miss that blessing. I'll, I'll miss out on a reward that God has for me up here. Some, you know, I'll go on a detour route somewhere, and some, I'm going to miss it, and I, it's going to cost me something somewhere. Thank God for his grace that can bring me back on track, but I've gotten detracked, uh, you know, detoured here a little bit. So why do you think we have these receiving issues? Let's kind of refresh just a little bit. I've evidenced some of them to you. Why do we have receiving issues? Again, our perception, our lack of concern, whether or not it even, again, is it what's in it for me? We have receiving issues because of sin in our life or because of self we have receiving issues because of satan if it's in the realm of the spirit I mean, he will do everything he can to hinder you from receiving those things so there's a lot involved in this process to receive this release it's a major deal you think that the king of darkness is aware that there's a, a release coming well sure he is because he's sitting here today listening <gasps> the devil's here <laughs> She came. No. <laughs> Boy. But really, it's a guy dressed up like a woman. <laughs> like that one guy said, uh, did, did you know that the devil says, no, but I'm married to a sister. <laughs> so, you know. So, you know, Satan's going to do everything he can on a spiritual realm to hinder this. That's why we've got to be prepared in the spirit realm. We've got to be mighty in spirit. It's not just easy, people. It's just not that easy. But it's not impossible. And it's worth it. It's worth it. And I've been standing in line to receive from God sometime, and all of a sudden, get blindsided. Boom! Whoa! What, what happened? They'll try to knock you out, get you out of line. You know, you got to get back up. And, you know, and don't get overwhelmed. And, you know, he'll take you out here and try to get you into a fight with him and just keep you all sidetracked over here and just chasing demons, everything over here. There's people out here just chasing demons and, and all this stuff. And here's the reception coming out over here. Right? I've seen whole churches and ministries get all out there and we're going to fight we battle not against flesh and blood but principalities powers and rulers in high places but that's not the main thing the main thing is to, is to keep the main thing the main thing or the, as sometimes I've heard them say in East Texas the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing you know so Satan will sidetrack you the main thing is that we receive from God and that we so that it will equip us to ultimately win people to the to the Lord Get people saved. Help them be set free from the bondages of their life. Get their life turned around and get them on a position where they're, on, they're running this race and they're receiving from God. That's it. It's not to build some kingdom over here for me and get a lot of money from God. I want to be on his side because he's just going to all this stuff. He's going to supply. He's going to supply. And that's what sometimes that's all that certain ministries will teach you. Why? Because they just they want to build their own little kingdom. But we're about building the kingdom of God. And sometimes people don't like that. That's not as fun as me building my kingdom. Well, at least they owe me <laughs> if you can't say amen. I mean, really, haven't you seen that? And we can get sidetracked on those things. But 
we get, our receiving gets mixed up because of the fact that sometimes we get too much of us in this thing, or we're not perceiving in the spiritual realm, we don't have discernment of what's going to happen there, or, you know, just, just consumed with, with other things of this life. Jesus said, ask, seek, and knock. You know, ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it'll, the door will be open unto you. For everyone who asks, receives, and he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be open to him. And so we talked specifically about that last time, that, that that's in the realm of the Spirit. That's how we get our spirit uh, really engaged is asking first we've got to come to God and ask him okay God I'm asking you right now to help me I want to be in a position to receive so I'm asking you to release it to me release what I need and then seek him seek that and how do we do that? Through the, the help and the assistance of the Holy Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Have the Holy Spirit help us to seek then what it is specifically and then to show us. And so we get zeroed in on that. And then knock with that persistence. I, man, I'm not giving up. I'm going to get from God what this is because he's given me a job to do and I'm going to do it. We're going to see a great harvest come. Again, seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness. And we got to know that And sometimes we have receiving issues because of pride. You know, we'll be great givers and helping here and there, but, oh, no, you know, nah, go, I, that's fine. I don't need that. You go, get somebody, there's other people out there that need that a lot worse than I do. And sometimes we have a hard time receiving, and so evidence is even in our natural realm. And sometimes that's kind of, well, God, I know you don't need to mess with me. You need, there's other people far more needy than what I am. Well, that's a great, you know, that's a great thing, I guess, to have, because, but, Really, that's not the position we need to be in because God is looking for uh, honest and, and humble receivers. And it's hard. I'm going to tell you what. It, the Bible says it's more blessed to give than to receive. It is. When you, when you really understand that cycle, but you can't give unless you've received something somewhere else, somehow or another. And that's the blessing then is when you understand that cycle. Because on the other end, if, this, if you picked up a stick on one end, it might say giving. The other side is going to say receiving. There's a cycle in life. There's always cycles in life. And there's a time to, re, uh, Solomon says there's a time to, to rejoice and there's a time to cry. There's a time to, you know, for all the different things, there's a season to all things. And so there's a time to give and there's a time to receive. And if we don't learn that, then God will let us fall into a cycle of where we have to learn how to receive. And that's not fun, people. I, there was a point in my life where I just... I and mean, I couldn't receive. And we went into ministry. We went into to ministry. We would travel around singing and different things. And people give us a, an offering. We're like, we didn't want to give it. Oh, okay, well, we've got to give this to somebody else. We can't take it. And it's like, then we're wondering, we don't have enough money to buy gas for the bus to get to. And it's like, God, we need money for gas. And he goes, or for fuel, or for diesel. And he goes, well, I sent that person. I had a release. I, I sent that person to give you something. And you wouldn't take it. Oh, no, somebody else needs that. And it, I tell you what, that's, it's hard. That's a hard lesson to learn how to receive. So we got to be careful about the, those things, you know, because we got to learn. we got to be in a position learning how to receive. And maybe that could hinder us. You know, unbelief is, is a hindrance. That's reluctance, reluctance or resistance, and it keeps us from receiving. Um, if we're doubting, whether or not we could, we could receive it. If we're doubting whether or not we're worthy to receive something. You know, well, I probably can't because this happened in my life and that happened in my life. And so I'm, I'm just probably not even worthy to receive anything from God. Yeah. Who's telling you that? Wait a minute. You know what God says about you? You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He said that he's forgiven you. He's removed your sin as far as the east is from the west. He doesn't bring any guilt with that. When he forgives you, he forgives you. So get the past behind you and get on with this thing. Now then, yes, you are an heir and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. You are a king and a priest. You have as much right to be in that line of receiving as anybody else does, not on your own merits of good or bad, but upon the merits of Jesus Christ. He's the one that gave you an assignment to get in that line. Amen. The devil will talk people out. Well, you know, I'm just... I know God does that, but... You know, because of this and that in my life, whatever, well, I could never do that. No, that is a lie from hell. I'm serious, people. Get that, get rid of that. 
You'll never receive anything from God with that particular attitude because other than salvation, because that's all we think we deserve. I, I used to hear in some of those old churches, some of those old <laughs> holiness churches, people say, well, if I can just hear the doors, the gates of heaven click behind me, if I can just make it in, then I'll just be glad. What? <laughs> No, man, it says the, the angels in heaven rejoice, you know. When we get to heaven, you know, it's going to be a celebration party, not like... <laughs> Every time I get in an elevator, I think of that, those old testimonies. Like, Wait a minute. I've had them shut sometimes where it's like... Dun, dun, dun. We got on a train in, in New York, the subway. They have subways up there. And I'm sitting there, and they're going, clicking, and they're so jam-packed, and it's bang, bang. They're, get out of the door! Sorry, I'm from Texas. We don't have these things down there. You know, it's like, scoot over, and I will. You know? That's not the way it's going to be in heaven. It's going to be a grand interest for us based upon what Jesus did. The same interest that he has, the same interest you'll have. Amen. Amen. So don't get out of line because you think you're not worthy. Amen. You, like one person said, you know, if that's the way, you're stepping, you're stepping on your, your own hose and disconnecting it from the source, you know. I can't breathe. Well, get off your hose, you know. <laughs> and God has it for us. So prepare your soul and your spirit to receive. receive. It's not passive, it's active. Receiving is not like, well, if, I, if it's for me, it'll, you know, I'll get it. If not, I'll just go on by. No, you've got to be in a position. You've got to show up. You've got to show up and be there. Uh, it's a conscious, active, dynamic choice to receive, and that's where we have to prepare our soul. You know, many people have this paradigm of past conditioning, just like I was saying, that, well, I'm not worthy or whatever that... Or that you have to earn these gifts and, you know, I, don't, I probably haven't done enough for the Lord to, to get anything from him. No, wait a minute. Yes, you have. If you are an, uh, in a child of God, you are a child of God. When Christmas came around our house, all the kids got something. I don't care about this naughty and nice list. <laughs> really? I mean, isn't that right, parents? I mean, now, I mean, really, I would have to question as a parent, you know, you, if a child does something wrong, discipline them right there. Get, take care of the situation. And the Bible says love keeps no record of wrong. Now, my dad, I know he loved me, but he kept records of wrong. I know that. <laughs> but, but it says you keep no records of wrong. When Christmas time comes, everybody gets a gift, right? Not based upon the goodness of the receiver, but based upon the goodness of the giver. A gift is based upon the goodness of the giver, and God is good, amen? And he's got a release coming to the body of Christ. You, that ought to set somebody free because you could be hindered from receiving just because you think that you don't deserve it, that you haven't done enough for him or, you know, that whatever. But yes, you have. It's because it's upon his goodness and upon his concern. It's his kingdom. It's, you know, he's the contractor. He wants the job done. And it's not based upon anything but upon him. And, and he, wants, he wants you to have it. You know, there, there's some that, um, you know, just they get out of line because of, of pride, because of, I mean, they think, well, you know, I, just, uh, I couldn't do that. I, you know, that's, that's below me. Oh, no, it's not. Re receiving, that's where God, a humble, true, passionate receiver is the person I like to give to. As a giver, don't you, if you are a giver, if you like to give, don't you, when someone receives that gift, isn't it really satisfying when you see that there's an honest, true, humble experience and gratitude for receiving the gift that you gave them, no matter how big or how small? So, you know what? That's the same way God is. When we receive what he has for us humbly and honestly with gratitude, then it, it thrills him. So we need to be careful here how, what kind of attitude we have. God, we need to you know, make sure that that, that uh, we're not offending him with the gifts that he's, he wants to give to us. And then, you know, again, those old scripts that we have in our mind, those, those things that hold us back. And, you know, like as Dr. Phil would say, how's that working for you? <laughs> you know, it ain't working too good for us, you know, if you, if you hadn't get anything from you. So uh, our spirit, we need to prepare our spirit. We need to prepare our soul. And, you know, sometimes we think, well, it's, it's prideful to ask for anything. Well, let me just remind you of the prayer of Jabez in 1st Chronicles chapter 4 verse 10 that little shotgun that little 410 shotgun message in 
First Chronicles, Jabez, it says, Jabez cried out to God, to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. Now, it's about two minutes till 12, so I'm going to have to wind this down. Because I know the mind can only endure as much as the seat can, or the mind can only comprehend as much as the seat can endure. So we're going to bring this down here so we can pray. We need to be like Jabez. That doesn't sound too humble to me. Oh, God, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. Man, he was specific on what he was asking for, wasn't he? Bless me, O oh Lord. Bless me. Here I am. Bless me. And enlarge my territory. Enlarge my sphere of influence here of what I am overseeing and, and my, my sphere of influence, who I come in contact with, those that I maybe can uh, influence to be a, a child of God or to, to walk in victory. Enlarge my territory and keep me from harm, from everything that the devil set out for me. Keep me from harm and so that I'll be free from pain. That doesn't sound too humble, but when you put it into that spiritual context of really in the kingdom aspect of what he's asking, every one of us would line up for that, and that's exactly what God's saying that he wants us to do this morning. He wants you to come before him and cry out to him, bless me, O God. Bless me. Enlarge my territory. Bless me, God, with all that you have. And you know what that's doing? As you're doing that, as you choose, willfully choose to do that, remember our words, you know, we live by our words or we die by our words. Our, those words right there, as you begin to declare that to God and cry out to God, you're opening the floodgates. Wow. <laughs> opening the floodgates. Bless me, oh God, because God wants to bless. Enlarge my territory, what I'm overseeing, what I have influence over those that are around me, my job, whatever it is, enlarge my territory. Let your hand, your righteous right hand of power and authority be with me. That when I, those things, I, I call those things that aren't as if they are. Whatever I bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever I loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. Let your, right, your hand be with me and keep me from harm. Lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from the evil one. That's how Jesus said it. So that I'll be free from pain. Lord, I don't have time to be suffering pain, spiritually, emotionally, or physically. You got a job for me to do. I need to be healthy physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Ready? Right? Athletes, we don't need to be on the injured reserve. Keep me from pain, God. Because I want to do this for you. And it says, and God granted his request. How many of you believe that God's going to grant your request? He said he did it for, for Jabez. Who's Jabez? Mentioned only one time here. Just to let us know that who causes, his mom named him that, causing pain. means to cause pain. He was a pain in the neck. You know, and God blessed him. If he can bless him, then he can bless us, right? Do you believe that? Do you really believe it? Believe it, receive it, and achieve it. So I want us to pray right now. And we're going to pray that here. But then when you walk out those doors, you pray it today. You pray it in the morning, tomorrow afternoon, tomorrow evening. You get this in you and there's plenty of stuff. There used to be plenty of stuff out there on the, even the prayer of Jabez. Take that. Just I get it as a model if that's, if that's what you need to do. To, to, but so that we are getting ourselves in a position, it says, and God granted his request so we can get lined up here on this part of it. Let's pray together. Father, we come unto you. You're the one that is scheduled organized, put together this release specifically. So it's a 
corporate release as well as individually, there's things that have my name on them. And so God, I can't afford. And when I'm saying I can't in this prayer, you say that too. You personally, make it personal. God, I can't afford to be in a position that I miss this release. So I say, bless me. Say that with me. Bless me. Bless me, oh God. Enlarge my territory. Enlarge my sphere of influence. Give me more, Lord, so that I can do more for you. Give me more, Lord, so I can do more for you. And I'm sensing some reluctance here. If you think long, you think wrong. Give me more, Lord, so I can do more. Do you want to do more? Sometimes we always say, give me more. And then when we think about having to do more, well, then uh, I don't want that promotion because there's more responsibility. I don't know about that. We always want the Lord to give us something, but then why? So you can, James said, you have not because you ask not. And then when you do ask, you ask with the wrong motives in mind. Thinking only of ourself. Do you want to do more for the kingdom of God? Then, then, then you can really get into it truly and say, then enlarge my territory, my sphere of influence. Give me more to oversee so that I can do more for your kingdom. Now let's pray that again. Enlarge my territory. Give me more so I can do more. Let your hand be with me. Your righteous right hand. Your hand of authority. Whatever I desire when I pray. It's going to be given to me. I line my desires up with you, Lord. Let your hand be with me. Hand of authority. So I can exercise your authority. Keep me from harm. Keep me from harm, Lord. Encompass me round about. Deliver me from the evil one. I want to stay close to you, Lord. I'm going to be sheltered in your arms, Lord. In the secret place of the Most High. Keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, over this next week, just teach us to pray. Father, if we need this example from Jabez or, Lord, your example of the prayer that you prayed, but we need to be asking Asking, seeking and knocking, asking, oh Lord, bless me. Enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me. Keep me from harm. So I'll be free from pain. Lord, we're asking. He said you granted Jabez's request. Father, I know you want to grant this request. Father, whatever we need to shake off to be free from things that would hold us back. Show it to us right now. If there's anything he's revealing to you that you need to get rid of, any habits, hang-ups, hurts, get rid of them. Past failures, past hurts. If you're mad, get over it. If you're sad, get over it. Amen. We don't have time to drag that garbage into the future. God's got something for us. He wants it to show up. When we showed up for a game, our coach told us to leave all that garbage outside. When we suited up with a uniform, it's time to play the game. So you leave all that junk outside. 
here we are. He's got something for us. We've got to show up. We are soldiers in the kingdom of God. No, no time to be dragging all your garbage. So get rid of that. We're to cast all of our cares on him because he cares for us. We're to cast all that on him. We don't have time for that stuff anymore. Amen. Amen. So we need to cheer up. <laughs> we need to get up. We need to show up. We need to cheer up. Hallelujah. Let's stand up. <laughs> stand up this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord praise this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, it's coming. Thank you for your schedule release. Thank you for letting us know in advance, giving us time to give, extending grace to us so we can have time to prepare for it, Lord. Father, thank you for I thank you, Father, for this message. I thank you for giving it to me, Father, so we can prepare for what you've got coming. Lord, I'm excited about it because when we believe what you're saying to us, then we receive what you have for us. Then we can achieve what you desire of us. Lord, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. We're going to shake off all that other stuff. We're going to, Father, we'll be free free to run this race with perseverance we're going to lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily entangles us to run with perseverance the race course marked out for us father hallelujah hallelujah take somebody by the hand this morning and let's pray together hallelujah amen amen let's pray amen amen hallelujah father we thank you for this living water this flow father in that river it's a river of life it's being released from the throne room of heaven father and father there's everything that's necessary they used to build uh, villages and towns and cities along the riverside because there was provision at the rivers at the at the river from transportation to good fertile soil father i think you got this release of this river that's flowing right now and father we want to be there we want to get into the water <laughs> not just ankle deep not knee deep father not waist deep but father we want to just as as ezekiel said just we want to father just be caught up and let that river just catch us father and take us to where you have us to be Father, I, I just bless your people today, Father, releasing upon them, Father, the faith that's necessary to get in a position to, to, to receive. And Father, right now, Father, I ask that you would just help and free people from past paradigms and hang-ups and things that would, that would keep us doubting and keep us in a position of not receiving. Father, we want, we want what you have. And so, Father, we're going to be bold this week and asking and declaring, bless me, oh God, bless me a lot. Enlarge my territory. Keep me from harm. Let your hand be upon me. Keep me from harm. I'll be free from pain, Lord. In Jesus' name, Father, it's done. Father, now we're going to see it as we act upon it and put it into practice. Father, we're going to see things begin to change us. We're going to change. We're going to change to be in a position to receive. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give me one more praise offering this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, hug somebody's neck this morning and tell them you're glad to be in church. Bring somebody to church next week. Amen.